morning, Colorado. Here we go. Gary Bell, Brad Pollock. Our law firm is Bell & Pollock. We're injury attorneys, and this show is for you. We want to give you the information you need to win the war on your injury claim. You know the drill. We do it every week. We try to cover a different subject for you every week. You know, Brad and I, we do injury cases all over the state of Colorado, and we have for years. We have offices in Denver and Steamboat Springs. Our telephone number is 303-795-5900. That's 795-5900. In the mountains, you can call us at 970-870-8989. That's 870-8989. And our website, championsofthepeople.com. Listen, you can get to our website, championsofthepeople.com, from your phone, your laptop, your computer, uh, any, any device that you have that can get the Internet. You can go to our website website, championsofthepeople.com. Today we're talking about impaired drivers. And I'm not just talking about drunk drivers, but we are going to talk about drunk drivers, but that's not the only subject. I mean, today we're going to teach you and educate you what's really, really important. If you think you've been in a crash with an impaired driver, if you think or suspect, we're going to tell you what to do at the scene, we're going to tell you what to do later. We're going to tell you how that works with your injury claim and the insurance company. We want you to know these things. You are empowered if you know these things. Because, look, if you have a car crash and we don't cover this subject and you think, well, man, man, that person doesn't, he's not drunk and doesn't smell of alcohol, but that person is, is not altogether there. They might be impaired by something else. They might be impaired by marijuana. They might be impaired by prescription drugs. Yes, legal drugs. They might be impaired by illegal drugs. So we're going to take it. Brad, let's talk about what you do at the scene. You have a car crash. Somebody rear-ends you. Boom, you're hit. You don't like it. I wouldn't like it. It's unexpected. They get out, and they seem a little off to you. They don't seem right. What are we going to do? What are you going to do? Well, it, you know, it's, it comes down to a thing called document, document, document as best you can. And these days, uh, you can document quite a bit. Now, you don't want to get yourself into a, a battle or into a fight or physical altercation. Some people may get upset that you're taking a lot of pictures of them. But it's important to document what's going on um, if, if the, why the, t until the police show up. It's important to talk to the police when they do show up. And if you don't call the police for some odd reason, and sometimes that happens, it's still still very important to document what's going on. You know, there, there, are certain, there are certain types of impaired driving. And when we start talking about the types of impaired driving, you know, Gary, you hit on the main one that we talk about all the time is alcohol. Uh, but uh, the second one that is just as much anymore is drugs. And then, you know, we have fatigue and we have medical conditions and distractions. And so, you know, the, the question is, is can you document that they were on the phone? That's a distraction. Can you document that they are under the influence of alcohol? Uh, sometimes you want to take photos of that. Sometimes you want to turn your phone on record so you can get them slurring their words. Can, are they on drugs? Maybe you want to be observing and recording their conduct and how they're doing things. You know, um, fatigue. Uh, a lot of times you're not going to have anybody admit it. Normally that fatigue goes away when they've run into you. But at times you may want to be recording or documenting the fact that they say, oh, man, I was so tired. I was just I was dozing off. I, I couldn't pay as much attention. And so you want to look at these different types of impairment. And when, when it's happening, you want to try and keep track of what's going on. That's very hard to do when your car's just been crashed into and you're hurt. 
It, it is, but hopefully our words are going to ring true to you if you're in a car crash and you suspect the other, the other person is, is impaired and somehow. Look, the, the main thing we can teach you on this point, the most important point, is you have to do something at the scene. And obviously, if you're injured, you've got to go away in an ambulance, you can't. And so that's just the way it is. But, and you hope that the police figure out if they were impaired. But you must do something at the scene. If everybody leaves the scene and there's no testing, there's no suspicion, the police don't notice, it's gone. Everything is gone. You tell the police. You call the police. Do not let them talk you out of doing that. Brad and I have had cases where they said, well, I, geez, he talked me out of, she talked me out of, he talked me out of calling the police. I, I knew I should have called the police, but I didn't. But when the police comes, I suspect this person is impaired. Well, tell the police. Yeah. You got to tell them. Please check into this. Please please look at this situation. While we were waiting for you, he seemed to, to, to walk crooked or he seemed to slur his words while he was talking to me or he fumbled through his billfold so bad to try and find the paperwork and, and didn't seem to understand even what he was looking for. You got to tell the police that you think that's happening. Now, you ask the police or, or tell the police to ask him to look at their, their phone and see if they were on the phone, if there's any way they can determine that, if they can look at the usage, if they can figure out if the phone was being used or if there was texting. I can't tell you how many times I don't change lanes because as I'm passing somebody, they're on their phone or they're texting. And as they're texting, I'm going, I'm not getting in front of them. Exactly. That's a rear end waiting not, to happen. Yeah, you're not going to pull in front of them. But, but, but you get back to the scene, and it's frustrating for Brad and I sometimes. It's frustrating for you because we have people come into our office, and they say, I suspected this person was, was drunk or drinking alcohol, but the police didn't do anything about it. Yeah. But you must try. You must inform the police and try. Well, sure, because I've always thought as I'm going by them, if I do get in front of them and they rear-end me, first thing I'm going to tell the police, if, I don't, if I'm not being created off to the hospital, is that person, when I was passing them, that person was on, was texting. I could see him texting on the phone and, or reading the phone, one of the two. Can you please check? Can you do whatever you can to try and figure out what that person was doing? Yeah. Right, but, but if they're drunk, Brad, they've got to be blood tested or, or air quality tested, and, and that's got to be done under the rules and regulations, but it's got to be done right away. Yeah, roadside sobriety can be done, can be administered, and you can try and figure it out. And if you don't, if you don't, you're going to lose that evidence. And that evidence is there very important because even when they're doing the testing, that's not the end of the evidence. Uh, that's only the beginning. Now you have to calculate back to when they were driving and it took an hour before we could get them off and get the testing done. And so, you know, it, it was an hour removed from the driving. So the question is, is that test valid or not? Because it was an hour away and, you know, they've got to get the test. And there's a lot, there's a lot of questions with respect to any test. If you can show they were impaired at the time they were driving versus they were impaired an hour after they you were You know, driving. there's a lot to prove in a drunk driving case. And maybe we're going to do a show on that coming up uh, and, and because you, we, we don't have time for to do all that in this show right here. But but there's a lot to it. And how do you do it? And what are the steps do you take? But if you suspect somebody's been drinking, you tell the police. Also, we want you to know. We want you to be educated. If they're on marijuana, that can be impaired. Now, in the end, where we get to on this podcast, it, all this makes a difference to your injury claim and, and to the insurance company that's going to pay you on your injury claim. And don't ever think it doesn't make a difference. But you don't want to lose your proof. So if they've been smoking marijuana, sometimes you see billows of smoke coming out of their car, both sides, right, all over the place. Or they so, smell like marijuana. Yeah, and they smell like, they smell like it. They just smell like it. So you tell the police. Next. Also, this is harder to, done, but Brad and I've, harder to do, but Brad and I have done it. If they're, on, if they're on prescription drugs, and they say, and their defense lawyers say, and the insurance company says, well, they're on 
They were taking the prescription drugs. What is your complaint? Well, well, because sometimes prescription drugs say you shouldn't be driving. And sometimes they take too many of their prescription drugs or too much. And, and even if it says you can drive, if you take too much, you're impaired. And we've done it before. That's harder to do. But you've got to tell the police you think it doesn't make any sense the way they were driving this car. It doesn't make any sense the way they were acting. I've got a video of it, or I don't have a video of it, but you got to check it out. Well, right. And sometimes, if, even if you suspect something strange, tell the police, because you, the driver uh, that's just been hit, maybe you don't know a lot of the signs of, of driving under the influence of marijuana. Maybe you don't know how you went to recognize that in a person. But police are quite often trained. They're trained. And so, you know, if you just look at the police and say, I think he's on something. You hope the police officer is going to look, go look and see what's going on. And talk to him. And talk and to him. And maybe investigate it. And, and get an idea of what's going on so they can tell you what's happening. Uh, it's important because, believe me, um, you know, we, we've talked about this before, the uh, insurance company's desire is to, if that happened, hide it. And a lot of times they hide it by just saying, okay, we're responsible. So there's no need to talk about anything else with regard to how the accident happened or how the person was driving. Well, they just try to make it go away, legally go away. Or they may try and make it go away or make it so you can't prove it. So, you know, the bottom line is, is you've got to spend some time uh, if you can, or if, if you're a passenger in a car, and the driver is being taken to the hospital, or if you're the driver of the car and the passenger is being taken to the hospital, uh, yeah, sometimes the temptation is let me jump in the, especially if your car is, being, is over on the side, it's going to have to be towed, it's let me jump in the ambulance with them and get a ride to the hospital with my loved one or whatever. Uh, but if you can spend a few minutes talking to the police officer, if you believe something like this has happened, you want to talk to the police officer. Exactly. I'm going to give you another example. Uh, Brad and I have done multitude of cases that are caused by non-compliance diabetics you know we don't have anything about uh, against diabetics but when they are non-compliant and they have episodes and they have syncope episodes or they have passing out episodes or blackout episodes because of their non-compliance that needs to be handled that's hard to do because defendants medical records are not automatically discoverable you don't automatically get the person who rear-ended you their medical records. You have to fight for them. And sometimes you don't win that fight, but sometimes you do. And we've done cases where the, the, the driver has been a diabetic and grossly noncompliant. Grossly. Take the deposition of their doctor, the person who rear-ended you. Take the deposition of the doctor, and the doctor says, I recommended he go to this video training class at this hospital three times. Never went. I recommended he take these drugs. He came back and said he wasn't taking them, and he's not going to take them. I recommended that he do he follow up with this procedure. He didn't do it. Well, now, doctor, was that just one time? No, that was multiple times. Do you get the picture? This person that just changed your life, rear-ended you, caused your medical bills, medical expenses, maybe lost wages, changed your life, ruined your quality of life, was a non-compliant diabetic, and you need to do something about it. Right. Medical conditions are important to understand. Um, and, and any medical condition is important to understand if you can get the information of a medical condition. Because quite often, medical conditions relate straight to the idea of using medications. And when you're using medications, you got to know what medications they are. So you can look them up and you can try and figure out what is the medication and, and what effect should it have on the operation of a vehicle. You know, sometimes if you don't do it at the scene, don't give up. Brad and I have done it after the scene. 
So don't, don't say, well, I listen to Gary, I listen to Brad, Pollock, or Bell and Pollock, and they said, if I don't do it at the scene, I'm done. No, that's not true. I'm going to show you how in just a minute. You're listening to the Bell and Pollock Legal Show. I'm Gary Bell, along with Brad Pollock. Our law firm is Bell and Pollock. We have offices in Denver, Steamboat Springs. We do cases, injury cases, all over the state of Colorado. Listen, we do bicycle injury cases, motorcycle crashes, big rigs, 18-wheelers, truck car crashes, and, and we can help you, right? Uh, these are hit and runs. We do all of that. Go to our website, championsofthepeople.com. That's championsofthepeople.com. It's an information loader website, and you can call us at 303-795-5900. Okay, back to our, our topics of impaired driving. Just because it wasn't taken care of at the scene, you come tell us. Because sometimes, and we've done it before, sometimes after nothing was done at the scene, the police didn't arrest anybody, they didn't find anybody impaired, we can figure out from the way the accident occurred, something was wrong here, we can then request in discovery the records of the, of the defendant, and sometimes we, we discover startling, startling things in these records that nobody would have found out about, nobody would have told anybody about. Now, there, there's not a 100% success rate on that, but... And sometimes we, the judges and the courts won't let you get into the records of the defendant, but sometimes they do. And when they do, you're going to usually, not always, discover something favorable for your case. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah go that, ahead. That, that's a problem. And, you know, if, if it's not there at the scene, your best chance is at the scene for a comment or for a statement or for an observation, something that gets put in the records, that, especially if, it, if it's in that accident report. But yeah, there, there's quite often, it, it's difficult um, to get into the, the medical records of the defendant because, you know, the, the first thing defense will say is that's not relevant. It doesn't matter. You know, and they think you're you're using it to say, was the defendant hurt? And, you know, defense attorneys are funny because if if the plaintiff, if the person injured has somebody else in their car sitting right next to him that doesn't get hurt, they want to point out, well, you know, the person next to you didn't get hurt. So how could you get hurt? But if you start wanting to know if the defendant got hurt, they say, well, we all know that, you know, somebody can be in an accident and the person next to him doesn't get hurt and, the, and they do. And, you know, it, so it doesn't matter if our defendant got hurt or not. That doesn't that has no relevancy. But it sure as heck has relevancy if they can show that one of the one of the people in, in the plaintiff's car didn't get hurt. Yeah, it does. And, and now we come to the, to the kind of the bottom line on this whole thing. I mean, who cares? Why care about all this stuff? Why go through the trouble? I mean, why not just go to the ambulance or go home? I mean, you've been injured, go to the doctor. Who cares? Believe me, believe Brad, the insurance company for the at-fault party, the one who rear-ended you, the one that's at fault in this crash, cares. And they hold the purse string. And when they care, you should care. Because you want full and fair compensation for you and your injuries. But Brad, I just said the insurance company cares for the at-fault party, but Why? Why do they care? What difference does it make to them uh, in this whole scenario, in this whole world that we've got on injury work? Well, they they care because it means money to them. And, you know, the bottom line is, depending on if you show that a person has uh, some kind of uh, uh, distracted driving or some kind of drunk driving or some kind of drug driving or some kind of use of the phone, you could be looking at what's called punitive damages. And when you start looking at exemplary or punitive damages, that's something the defendant has to pay out of their own pocket. And so insurance companies uh, like to try and get rid of that and make it just a simple question of, okay, we'll say our person caused the accident, let's just talk, 
injuries, and then they attack the hell out of your client for the injuries. Yeah, but, but you just brought up punitive damages. So, so let's break that down before we end our show. Somebody is drunk driving or impaired on marijuana or impaired because they're a non-compliant diabetic. They smash into you. They don't even slow down 55 miles an hour. You're stopped at a stop sign or a, or, or a red light. And they, they change your life. And they, now you have to have back surgery. Now you've lost time from work. Now some people lose their job. And they have ongoing, growing, increasing medical bills. And the insurance company doesn't want to talk about the impairment or the drunk driving or the marijuana driving or the non-compliant diabetic because we might request punitive damages. And I want you to listen to what Brad said a minute ago. If we get punitive damages involved in a case legitimately, then that means the insurance company cannot pay those punitive damages. That means that the at-fault party has to pay the punitive damages out of their pocket, and it's non-dischargeable in bankruptcy. Therefore, the insurance company, it creates all kinds of conflicts of interest, all kinds of chaos, and they have to inform their insurer, the at-fault party, that we can't cover you for these punitive damages. Therefore, it forces them, not always, but sometimes, to pay the full amount of compensation that they were trying not to pay. Because they can't let their insured, the outfall party, become exposed to pain out of their pocket, Brad. They just can't. Right. And the other moral of that story is, if you're a driver, don't be distracted. Stay, stay away from the alcohol. Stay away from the drugs. Stay away from your phone. Don't put your, if you, you know, be, be compliant with your medications. If your medications say you can't drive, then don't drive. Don't. Don't put yourself in a situation where you're, in essence, a distracted or, or an impaired, an impaired driver that, that's going to hurt somebody. No, you, you don't want that to happen. And uh, and so, if you have any questions, you can call us anytime. Bell and Pollock. I'm Gary Bell, along with Brad Pollock. We're here to help you. We bring these shows and podcasts to you to you to educate you. Our telephone number is three zero three seven nine five. 5900. That's 303 795 5900. In the mountains, you can reach us at 970 870 8989. That's 870 8989. Our website, championsofthepeople.com. That's championsofthepeople.com. We champion people's injury claims and cases, and we've done it for years, and we can help you. We can give you a legal game plan because. We are your champions of the people. We'll see you next week.